0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning, the middle, and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. If you'd like to slide some honey lemon tea into your favorite mug slide it slide it on in there and enjoy (laughs) the deep waters podcast
0: Um, that was odd. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, man! Hey, thanks for joining us. Hi, Jace. Hi, Benjamin. <laughs> what a it's good day! It's great to be with you guys again.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's really wonderful. Uh, favorite part of my life is these conversations. <laughs> Get so. out of here! It's true. It's
0: um, definitely the, my most favorite part of. Wednesday afternoons <laughs> <laughs> that's great it's, it's the only probably really
1: consistent part of your Wednesday afternoon <laughs> except for I joke I joke using the restroom right before we start this I don't oh, know that is
0: also consistent mm. close you, second okay, there you go <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is a close second to that is what yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly Sure. 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 oh
0: man you had a thought you wanted to start with do you remember uh, was that something I wanted to start with or end with? Oh <laughs> <laughs> just considering the season, let's just uh,
1: yeah, 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 let's maybe use that end with it, and I forgot I thought it was start with I
0: did say end with it, but we'll just like sandwich it, okay, I we'll think it's really good, it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just oh, thinking about we're like mid November and it is the holiday season, yeah. and it's kind of among us, and I know that as the days get shorter, you know. Families get, you know, together and there just can a lot of stuff be brought up during the holidays Mm -hmm. and sweaters, uh, turtlenecks come out. Yes, totally. Um, And those are always anxiety inducing. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big shift. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why the collar has to be so high. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, is that collar choking you? No. Um, no, I mean, in all seriousness, yeah, it's just, it can be a hard time. And so Mm -hmm. we just want to say if there's anyone out there that needs Someone to talk to, mm-hmm. please reach out. We would love p- to personally talk with you um, but also we have many people we can refer you to to have those conversations of those kind of bubbling emotions or those underlying things that you just don't even know what to do with right you know and so we just don't want that to go unsaid or or to not have um, a place where people can talk about those things yeah. it's so real yeah I just I just know yeah, this can be a hard time for a lot of people. And I want to acknowledge that and say, we are absolutely here to talk.
1: It's good. Yeah. We're, we're here saying we want to become more like Jesus on the podcast, but if all we did was just talk about these different ideas, um, and didn't actually love one another, then our, our faith would be dead, you know, because we're not working it out. Absolutely. I just read James this morning and it was very convicting. (laughs) Yeah, It's a goodie. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and the holiday season for whatever reason for you is a really challenging one, um, maybe it could invoke any kind of trauma or isolation, Mm -hmm. disappointment. Um, we pray lean into community, get out of isolation and, um, and come to us and see how we at the church might be able to help. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if that's just, yeah, directing you to someone with the skill set to help you, um, because we might not have the skill set, who knows, but yeah, please take us up on that offer. We don't want any needs to go unmet in this house. Come on.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah.
1: If we are a family, then we should really mean that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's good. Okay. Well, yeah. well, thanks for letting me throw that on the beginning of totally. the conversation. Yeah. We'll just, good.
0: we'll have the same conversation at the end too. Good. Yeah. Double yeah. it, Lord. <laughs> we'll just copy and paste it. Um, what, are okay. we gonna, what are we going to talk about today?
1: You know, we on and off through this fall have been talking about the tongue. We called it the power of the tongue series. Yeah. And then in the midst of that, Our wonderful friend Richard Gordon came from Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry and he came with a team and there were all these people that had radical encounters with God and we wanted to interview them and so sort of without intention we've created a little series about encounter Mm -hmm. and I think in the future I want to come back to that and unpack more what encounter is and what we do with it and get more perspectives on it and Mm and just do that with more intentionality. Yeah. Um, and because we told you listener that we were going to be in a series on the power of the tongue, it felt right to come back to that. Mm -hmm. So here we are coming back to that and we're going to frame it a bit more today around the concept of consecration. Mm -hmm. I don't know, listener, if you are aware of this, but it has become increasingly evident to all of the people on staff that the Holy Spirit has wanted to teach us, um, and not just teach us, but move us into a season of deeper consecration. Yeah. Um, it it almost, according to us happened by accident, but then of course it was so coincidental that it wasn't coincidental at all. It was just Mm -hmm. providential. The Lord obviously wanted to move in this way. Yeah. Um, cause Kenny and I were recognizing, wow, we're doing something in youth group that it sounds like Brit is already doing in young adults. Mm -hmm. And here we are on the podcast talking about taming the tongue and being the salt of the earth and the light to the world. Mm -hmm. This is all consecration language. There was a great sermon on consecration, multiple, Mm -hmm. um, that came out from the pulpit on Sundays. And so it's just been evident that God's wanting to set us apart for his presence and for his service. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the Power of the Tongue series was sort of how we stumbled on that in this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I just want to flush out some of those ideas. Is that fair? That sounds like a great plan. Because consecration, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but does
0: anybody ever use that word except just in a theology conversation? I don't think so. Not like, yeah, there's so many of those Christianese words. I mean, I think... I think a lot of juice boxes say juice from consecration. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: This is, so it's kind of the same thing. Grape juice concentrate. You consecrate. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's it. I think that's, that's, that's the, exact the only other thing. use that I have heard of. So, All right. And just in case you missed it, that was a joke. That was a joke. (laughs) Concentrate is different than the word consecrate. (laughs) I just don't want to create confusion. That was a good one. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Do you have any idea what consecrate means? (laughs) I would say to make holy. Perfect. That's my understanding of it. Amen. Okay. Good job. All right. I think we can put a cap on this podcast for now. Thank you for Um, listening to the Deep Waters (laughs) podcast. We do that joke so much. We do. (laughs) Shoot. Sorry. No, that's true. To make holy, it's really um, that simple. But uh, we're going to commit some time to unpacking what that means. And first, by talking about what holiness is, Mm -hmm. Um, I think when I hear holiness... Well, maybe not anymore because I've studied it a lot. But originally when I heard holiness, what I thought of was like a person who was holy was a person that just did all
0: the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a works righteousness. Like a uh, moral. Yeah, moral. Like holy. It's like a holy person is just a moral person. That's
1: good. Mm-hmm. Sure. So if you're not moral, you're immoral, mm-hmm. then you're not holy. Yeah. Those things are essentially synonymous, but just a, a Christianized version of morality. Mm-hmm. Would you relate to that? Do you feel like that's what holiness is meant to
0: you? Yeah, I think that was probably an earlier understanding of what holiness was. Sure. But I also think growing up in a church that was focused a lot on holiness, I also mm. I also associated with the word sanctification. Wow, yeah. Which I felt like, if I was to describe that, that would just t- to become more moral. <laughs> sure, to be the most moral, mm, okay. and then you're wholly moral mm. by the end of your sanctification. Um, that was my understanding. So it's still definitely a a um like a sliding scale of morality. Sure, and the good or bad choices you're making.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, like I'm not trying to do one of those fun like theological bait and switches where we mm-hmm. say everything you've learned is wrong yeah that there's a lot of truth for sure there and it's kind of funny that i realize i'm talking to someone raised in the nazarene church because the nazarene church is like mm-hmm. holiness is the heavy hitter in that yeah. church isn't it absolutely ex- yeah yeah for sure honestly i don't think i've ever been to a nazarene service unless you count river house as pseudo nazarene <laughs> 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 mixed with a lot of charismatic. Yes. Maybe I did. One Easter there was like a thing at the College Church of the Nazarene hmm. where they acted out the Passion of the Christ, I
0: think. Oh, that might have been was that first Church of the Nazarene? Oh, like the maybe. Big, like no greater love musical kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That thing slaps. That was
1: incredible. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, that's the only Okay they, yeah. I don't know if that counts as a Nazarene service, but that's all I've
0: done. Is, I don't I don't necessarily think so. Definitely but not. We can count it. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I come from the Presbyterian church where there are a lot of gifts and strengths and um, the conversation around sanctification and holiness was just not one that we really had much.
0: Wow. Because that was so tied to my faith, mm. like growing up, like that's all I thought being a Christian was. Wow. So what, like if that was the Nazarene focus, what's like the Presbyterian focus of if there is one like yeah. singular thing.
1: Yeah. If you can boil it down and you know, if there are a bunch of Presbyterians listening to this, They might say, Benjamin, you misrepresent us. How
0: dare you? And if that's true, I'm so sorry. I just pictured like a Presbyterian listening party that we don't (laughs) know about. Like, oh, who knew? A bunch of Presbyterians are listening to this. Just
1: like in a basement of a church in Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, Benjamin, you do not represent the Presbyterian
0: church. I can picture what that church looks like. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. That's fun. There are a bunch of Steelers fans. Um, so I would say if the Presbyterian church is represented by something, it's probably the like right thinking theology. Oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. So we need to make sure that we're thinking about, oh, the ideas of like justification. Mm -hmm. Um, We are saved by grace through faith, that not of what we do. Um, Just kind of like essentials of Christian doctrine feel like they're always being hashed out Mm -hmm. to make sure that we're thinking all of the right things. And I think sometimes what comes out of the Presbyterian and just the Reformed tradition at large, which is bigger than the Presbyterian Mm -hmm. church reformed might be like an umbrella that the Presbyterian church falls under. Um, I think a temptation that comes from that is, Oh, you're saved by grace through correct beliefs about what the Bible actually says. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Does that make
0: sense? there kind of has to be this like one mind Mm -hmm. and if there is kind of disagreement, it might point to the fact that you're not actually saved. Yeah. Like mm. the,
1: probably more reformed people are the ones pointing fingers and calling people heretics. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and, and don't get me wrong, like that impulse might be really, really wonderful and it becomes legalistic in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just have to be careful about where it's driving us. Right. Thinking is so important. Yes. Like yeah. we need healthy Dogmatic systematic theology. I totally believe that you could tell by the way that I talk. (laughs) Um, and it is not the means by which we are saved Mm -hmm. period. Yeah. Um, now there are certain things that are salvific. We might say like, if you don't believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died and rose again, then like, what are you putting your faith in if you're calling yourself a Christian? Mm hmm. So there are certain things that are necessary, but it's it's less about the knowledge of the minutiae and the mm-hmm. nuances that matter, and yeah. more about what Jesus has done for us, mm-hmm. not the way we think rightly about Him. Yeah, you know,
0: totally. <clears throat> and that's I, I kind of yeah. on the the Nazarene side. I'm sure the kind of where it goes too far is where it's just all about doing the right thing for Him mm. instead of sure like coming back to you know saved by faith and everything It's good. Um, because, because I think there's all, there's, there's also the argument that like, you might be saved, but if you're not moved to holiness, like it's kind of hmm. kind of a dead faith. You yeah.
1: Know? Well, that's good. Holiness. I like holiness. Um, I think if doing the right things was in the Presbyterian church where I saw it more was in social justice movements. Mm-hmm. Um, this inclination that we need to like be taking care of the poor. So my church had a soup kitchen that we volunteered at every Thursday. And that was like really important for the church. And when I went to a Presbyterian university, it was like um, so many social justice issues were always at the forefront of the way that we were thinking mm-hmm. that sometimes we got wrapped up in cultural social justice arguments that actually didn't look a whole lot like Christ anymore. Oh, wow. Um, you know what I mean? I
0: could see how that could go that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Because maybe like, I don't know, you see liberal politicians are the ones that seem to be proclaiming social justice issues more than the conservative ones. Mm -hmm. And then you accidentally buy into a whole bunch of things those politicians might be saying that aren't really biblical. Yeah. Yeah. I think Presbyterians would fall Mm -hmm. into that trap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Myself included. Um, yeah, but, oh, oh uh, wow, this has all been a rabbit trail, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, but... But it's fun. Good. I'm <laughs> like, them. No, it's not a bad rabbit trail.
1: No. Okay. So holiness. hmm Um, what is, what does holy mean? What does holy mean? Okay. Most simply, I bet a t- m- basically all of our listeners probably know the very basic definition of holy mm-hmm. is... Set apart. Amen. You got mm-hmm. it. To be Set apart. The first word or the first time in the Bible that the word holy appears is, uh, with the Sabbath day. Hmm. It, unlike the other six days, God set the seventh day apart for rest. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you think about holy at its most basic, even like a, I mean, you can't really boil it down to a secular level because it's inherently woven into the things of God. Mm-hmm. But at its most basic level, you could say, like, if I have 10 black T-shirts and one of them is red, the red one is the holy one because it's <laughs> set apart. Yeah. And it's the one that most closely resembles the blood of Christ. <laughs> Whoa, come on. But you see, it's like set apart. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, uh, like you could even make it yeah just different i don't mm-hmm. need to go more into that but um i found this definition to be helpful and you can guess where it's coming from <laughs> the wonderful dr tim mackey come on he says that uh to be holy for a person or a thing like a like a sacred bowl that mm-hmm. was used in the temple. Yeah. To be holy is to be brought into the presence of God at the service of God. Wow. So, only God um at the beginning is like holy. And then he creates the world and the word we're going to use today to pit against holy is common. Now, w- we use common intentionally. It's a word that the Bible translators have often used. When you think of the word common, do you think of like a moral value? No, no, not at all. Great. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Yeah. Very good. So God created the world and said that it was good. Um, like the dirt it's good. It's common. It's not holy. Hmm. It's not set apart in the biblical mind. Mm -hmm. Um, when God takes that dirt and creates an image bearer sort of it doesn't explicitly say this but it feels like he's setting apart the image bearer as holy to be set apart like a priest this is where we get our royal priesthood language Mm -hmm. between God and his common creation so something that was common just like the dirt was shaped by God's very own hands and breath to become something that was set apart. So the process of moving from the common space to the set apart. Holy space is consecration. Hopefully that I didn't get too ethereal. I tried to wrap that into Genesis. That was was a good analogy. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, a way that I like to think about holiness, yeah, yeah, this is a way that helps because it's also biblical. Light and dark.. Mm-hmm. So notice like when people go into the temple and they're doing something wrong, what typically happens? Like if they oh. walk into the temple and they aren't consecrated to be walking into the temple, do you know what happens? They die? They die. <laughs> is that is that real? <laughs> That's the answer. Dang. Yeah. That's the answer. Oh, bummer. Yeah, it's tough. So there's a moment where that happens and actually Pastor AJ said it from the pulpit this past Sunday, um, which would have been what? November 11th? 12th? 12th. Yeah. Yes. November 12th was a great day. Um, The sons of Aaron, these two priests, sons of the high priest go into the tabernacle with strange fire in Leviticus chapter Mm -hmm. 10. And we'll come back to this, but the fire from the altar consumes them because they weren't doing it right. And they die. Uh, And actually high priests, it was a pretty common thing that they would have bells of some kind on their, um, on their robes. Mm -hmm. And one of the thoughts around the bells, uh, there could be more to this, but at least what I've heard is that the bells, um, would show people outside of the temple or tabernacle that the priest is still in there moving around. Mm -hmm. And then they would potentially tie a rope around the high priest's ankle so that, that if the holiness of God consumed the priest, they could pull the priest's body out without having to go in themselves. Wow. Is that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you hear this, you typically are like modern response is, whoa, God is brutal. Mm-hmm. Like what, what's going on here? Like people are just walking into a room to meet with the Lord and he kills
0: them. Like, is that at all off-putting? A little bit. Yeah. That that doesn't fit into like the Jesus, like come be my disciple, you know, box that I have. Right. This like gentle, if
1: you're familiar with Isaiah 42, it describes Jesus prophetically as someone who like won't even damage a bruised reed. Do you know that? That prophecy is so beautiful. I just want to read it because it's so beautiful. Isaiah chapter 42, behold my servant. So this is talking about Jesus prophetically, behold, my servant, whom I uphold my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick. He will not extinguish, which is such a beautifully poetic way of painting Jesus as the Prince of Peace, the gentle one who comes to interact with his creation carefully. That if Jesus is the perfect image of the invisible God, which Colossians one tells us all of the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus, then we in order to understand more about God, we just look at Jesus. Jesus is the perfect revelation of who mm-hmm. God is. Full stop. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a, an essential Christian doctrine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some Presbyterianism coming out of me. <laughs> um. But if we look at something in the old Testament and it, or new Testament, I guess, and it doesn't seem to line up with the way that we think about jesus and god then maybe there's some more work that's to be done Hmm. which is just what i want to say about this holiness conversation yeah is that okay yeah so say it have you heard about (laughs) cool have you heard about um the lord like the sun like like the gas ball that's eight light minutes away from us that heats our planet like
0: God is a son
1: like God. Yeah. Like a metaphor.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure.
1: Have you ever heard this before? They're like, uh, I feel like I don't know a lot about <laughs>
0: in this conversation today. I'm like, Do I not, don't know if I've heard that. No,
1: that's no problem. That's great. Ask questions, please. Cause okay. I don't, I don't know what might be a good question to ask, but, um, like if, if something goes into the presence of our son, our son's mm-hmm. going to mess it up yes you yeah. know <laughs> for sure it has to be of the same substance of the sun in order to survive
0: hmm.
1: yeah does that make sense yeah no yeah uh light when it shines in darkness eradicates darkness mm-hmm. in fact you might say well but there are shadows in revelation 21 and 22, I think it's in 22. We're told that God's presence is such that there are no more shadows, wow. which is a biblical way of getting at this point, mm-hmm. that God's presence casts away anything that is not consistent with his nature. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So if something that is f- uh, like fundamentally cruel comes into the presence of God, it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. In the same way that darkness is destroyed by light. It just can't stand mm-hmm. in the same way that a little rock would be destroyed by the sun. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's not because God is cruel. That's because God's nature is so holy mm-hmm. that anything not in alignment with its holiness can't stand. That's a biblical paradigm. Yes. That's really foreign to the modern American today.
0: <clears throat> totally. I feel like I I I have that understanding. You do. Of of God and like even is that reality? Cuz I've also heard that reality being the reason we need Jesus. Is mm-hmm. that right theology? Mhm. You know, of Christ being the bridge or that's the good. I don't know, the filter between us and that holiness so that we aren't just burned up in our sin. That's great. Yes. Is that, I, cause I'm, I, I feel like I heard something recently that I'm not sure if it's on this topic, but it felt like a different view of hmm. that, but sorry, but yeah. Oh, okay. So cool. We'll if just, you think of it, Bring we'll, it up. we'll land there. Sure. With that kind of thought question.
1: Yeah. But you, you need Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There it is. Here we come. The gospel. Uh, I would say we need something in order Mm -hmm. to get us into the state where we become light so that we can stand in the light. Mm -hmm. If we want to use that lightness, light versus darkness metaphor. And if there's some light in us and some darkness in us, the darkness is going to be eradicated in the presence of the light of God. And that might completely eradicate us. Mm -hmm. And so one of the stories of the Bible, like an aspect of its great meta narrative is what is God's plan for getting humans back in his presence Mm -hmm. after they've made some terrible decisions and rejected him and chosen the darkness and the sin. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's like the, the meta narrative is there's a problem here. Humans have messed up. Darkness is introduced into the world now
0: god is on a rescue mission so good is that great yes that okay i remember what i was thinking send it this was the interview with preston Sprinkle and N. T. wright that just came out mm. where nt wright says one thing we've been completely misled to believe is that the role of like the christian life is to escape to heaven yes but really it's all about god trying to reconcile and come back to us that's great that's the thing that was ringing in my my mm. head that i wanted to clarify oh i'm glad you said it yeah. because i think i i mean for quite a while in my walk with the lord i thought it was just all about just trying to do the right thing or believe the right thing mm-hmm. um to get to heaven yeah. and that be the sole purpose of faith in christ mm, that's good
1: Yeah, there's a lot of the church today that has made that mistake. And again, there's so much truth in it. Mm Kind of like what we're talking about with our Nazarene and Presbyterian backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So much truth to say that I'm saved by the grace of Jesus and that I'll be with the Lord in eternal life. In paradise. Because of his blood. Yeah. Totally. Yes and amen. Mm -hmm. But what the Bible story is not saying... Is that we have, as Christians, been given some like get out of hell free card so that when we die, our disembodied spirits will be taken up into heaven and we'll evacuate this sinking ship called creation. Mm -hmm. And then we'll live on clouds with pearly gates and wings like angels or something, Mm -hmm. you know, those are a lot more like cultural understandings of what Christianity is about. Yeah. Salvation. It's all about salvation. Coming back to Mm -hmm. salvation. Christianity begins with salvation. Hmm. That's the start line. Come on. And once we've crossed that start line, really the project that God is on is not about saving humans from this wreckage. It's about saving humans as a means by which he can save his wreckaged world in order to redeem it all unto mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. And anything that is going to persist in rebellion against his redemption project is going to have to be done away with. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, a yeah. way of framing what the whole biblical story is about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. So holiness is a huge part of this because essentially what God's trying to do is make all of creation holy, Mm -hmm. um, consecrated unto him. And we've introduced, and not just us, but you know, powers of darkness have introduced a lot of darkness into the world that's going to need to be done away with. Mm -hmm. And so there's this problem, like how does God deal with sin and darkness without eradicating humans? Because the Bible's telling us in multiple places that. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Mm -hmm. which qualifies all of us for eradication according to the way that like holiness and unholiness work together. Yeah. So Jesus, that's what Jesus is doing is essentially coming down, putting on like that, which is common to be among us and invite us into his perfect righteousness, Mm. clothe us in his, alien righteousness is what Martin Luther called it alien because it's not our own. It's, it's, it belongs to somebody else, but it's ours now because he's, Mm -hmm. he's clothed us in it. Um, and because of that, we're hidden in him in spite of our sinfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, we are seen by God as pure and holy positionally we are sanctified before God and can therefore, as Hebrews tells us boldly enter into the throne room of grace because of the blood of Christ that has given us that ability. Mm -hmm. So notice like what that's doing. I think what Hebrews is trying to say there is like, what happened to Aaron's sons won't happen to you Mm -hmm. because if you're carrying any impurity in you, that impurity is actually covered by the blood of Christ. And now you can enter into the Holy of Holies.
0: So the only way for humans to be consecrated or be holy is through Christ. There's like, that's, there's nothing we can do to be holy besides Christ.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say, I mean, anything else that we've worked on and maybe if like NT Wright were here, he would correct a lot of what I'm saying, but as far as I understand it, Mm -hmm. there was a law that was given to the Israelites. And Paul tells us that that law was given in order to open up humans eyes to our sinfulness and need for salvation, Mm -hmm. that we actually can't muster up our own holiness on our own strength all along. We have needed grace by faith. Through the Old Testament and New Testament. Mm -hmm. So all along, we've needed the saving hand of God. That saving hand of God has come to us in the person of Jesus. And he is the only way, Mm -hmm. the only truth and life. No one can come to the Father except through me, which is a way that Jesus is saying, no one can be made holy except through me. Mm -hmm. Because you need to be holy in order to come to the
0: Father. Something you said at the beginning is you kind of use the example of dirt being common. God forming us from dirt into maybe something that's holy Mm, yeah, or set apart. But then did we lose that identity when we sinned? Yes. Okay. Biblically, yes. Okay. Because we we are still the image of God. Yeah. But Uh that's not tied to...
1: Holiness. That's a great, great question. I actually don't have a super great way to mm-hmm. nuance that out. Yeah. Um, because I think one peop- one, yes, we are the image of God created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. We aren't the image of God, I guess. Okay. We are created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the perfect image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, And so there's a difference there. And I don't really know how to answer your question that like flushes that out. Like, what does it mean to have been created in the image of God, but then fallen from the Holy call of Royal priest that we were given? Mm -hmm. We still bear the image in some way.
0: We're in the, in the, in Exodus, the, the high priest, was he always in his life, like, boom, you're the high priest. You get to wear the tablet and the hat and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Or is is he always consecrated or always holy? Or does he? Mm-hmm. is there times outside of the tabernacle or outside of the temple that he is not consecrated? I'm
1: glad you asked that. There are times when he's not. Okay. And that's why it's important to point out that it's not necessarily that he's like morally failed if he's not consecrated in a given moment. Mm-hmm. According to the Levitical laws in the old Testament. So the Levitical laws are given right after Aaron's sons die because God's like, okay, we're going to need some more nuance here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Sorry, that's not funny. I know.
0: It's brutal. <laughs> it's like, oof, these guys messed it up. Yeah. It needs a bit more detail.
1: This is kind of interesting. I just want to inject this cause it's fun. It says that they entered into the holy place carrying strange fire. Mm-hmm. And then right after the story of them dying, the Lord says to Aaron, this is chapter 10 of Leviticus verse nine, drink, no wine or strong drink, you or your sons with you. When you go into the tent of meeting, lest you die, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. You are to distinguish between the holy and the common and between the unclean and the clean. And you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes of the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. Okay, there's a lot there, but did you find it interesting that alcohol just came up?
0: Yeah, totally.
1: What some some scholars have arrived at is that the sons of Aaron were probably drinking before they went into the tabernacle. And that's like a little clue to show us that they were, but that's an example of the way that the Bible works often Mm -hmm. is it doesn't just explicitly tell you all the details. It wants you to meditate on it and try and figure out, wait, why did God just give us that law? Mm -hmm. And why is that law written when it is? Mm -hmm. And scholars say that's an example of when the law is written in the particular place to demonstrate to us that Nadab and Abihu, the two sons of Aaron were actually drunk when they went into the tent Mm -hmm. offering strange fire, which is a way in the Hebrew of saying they were offering, um, something from the incorrect altar that wasn't according to the laws. Yeah. And I know you could say still like cut the guys a little bit of grace to kill them is just so brutal, but the Lord is trying to ordain this, like, like set up this holy person, who Mm -hmm. does the mediating priesthood thing. He's trying to set this up for the first time right here.
0: Yeah.
1: Like this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. The high priest has just become the high priest for the first time in all of human history. And then the first day on the job, these two sons run in. They're not even the ones that are supposed to be going into the Holy of Holies and they do it the incorrect way. And if you agree with that interpretation, they were drunk when they did it.
0: Mm Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they're the ones that are supposed to be representing God to the people and the people to God. So they're embodying enough darkness that when they come into the light of the presence of God, they're overwhelmed by the light and it kills them. Wow. Do you see the way that I'm trying to frame that? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But <clears throat> notice the drinking command there mm-hmm. is when you do the work. So, um, drink no wine or strong drink you and your sons with you when you go into the tent of meeting mm-hmm. lest you die. Yeah. It doesn't say never drink. Jesus drank. Mm-hmm. He made, made wine out of water. Yeah. We have an account of mo- like so many of the biblical characters drinking, mm-hmm. um, but there are a handful that don't and they don't for a particular time or in particular moments. And we could follow this and say, Jesus wouldn't have drank when he went into the
0: temple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, kind of, if you think about it, because drinking is a common thing that everyone does. Right. And so probably this you're and going age. to the most, yeah, I don't uh-huh. know back then, but um, if you're going to go into the most holy place, the most set apart thing. Probably anything that is common mm-hmm. is, is, is changed or consecrated. You wear special clothes, you perform special acts. You do all these things that are completely separate Hmm. from the common life that you were living before you needed to go into the temple.
1: That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Like another example of this is if, um, well, I don't want to be too like gruesome and the Bible is kind of weird in this section. Uh, How about let's say like you're not supposed to eat certain animals. That's to remain pure. If you have a skin disease, let's do that. Mm -hmm. They just called leprosy was like a blanket term in the Old Testament because they didn't have modern medicine the way that we do. They even called mold like a form of leprosy because they just didn't have other terms for it. Mm -hmm. But if you had some kind of minor skin disease, like a rash, Mm -hmm. you weren't supposed to enter the Holy of Holies. You, or the temple, the tabernacle, whatever the presence of god was in your day. Um you didn't do anything wrong. It's not a moral failure that you have a rash. It
0: probably might be out of your control.
1: Probably totally out of your control, you mm-hmm. know? But, you know, there's some hygiene things they're trying to figure out and this is this is the key to me that I think is most profound that rash to the people in Israel represents where the darkness of the fallen world is starting to interact with God's creation. Hmm. Because that rash should not exist in the Garden of Eden. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Skin disease shouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault if you have leprosy. You're not sinful. And yet you bear something that doesn't exist in the Garden of Eden. Hmm. So it's inherently to use the light and dark metaphor it's inherently darkness so if you carry that darkness in with you to the presence of the light yeah the presence of the light will overwhelm yeah, you consume you consume you mm-hmm. exactly in the same way that darkness is consumed by light yeah um so that's why there's all these laws in there about skin disease reproductive fluids times of the month mm-hmm. if your father died and you had to touch his body to go bury him. You were unclean for a certain amount of days and you had to perform these rituals to be made clean. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't touch your dad's dead body. If if he needs burying, then yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Don't just leave him on the ground wherever he passed. That's horrible. Yeah, you know, totally. The Jewish people would have never dreamed of doing something like that. Mm-hmm. That would have been so dishonoring. Yeah. So what makes you unclean is not necessarily sinful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but that also means that whatever made you unclean needs to be dealt with. It's kind of like a contagion. Mm-hmm. So like you can catch uncleanliness. Um so the maybe this is a helpful category. Holiness is just what it is. It's one state of holiness. Mm-hmm. Commonness can exist in a couple different states either as pure or impure commonness so just because something is pure doesn't necessarily mean that it's holy because it might not be brought into the presence and service of god does that make sense Mm -hmm. um but either way pure or impure commonness might not be like an immoral issue
0: okay i'm thinking about our lives now okay And if Christ covers us so that we may interact with God and not get destroyed. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Overcome by light. Um, What? I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like figure this out. Um, I've also, I've heard the language of like, Lord, like, you know, burn up the bad in me, you know, Mm. consume like, so it's like we, we, Do we don't die, but the presence of God is a purifying place for us. Yeah. Um, is that, is there a place in this conversation for that concept? Like post Christ, is that what maybe, is that what consecration looks like for us practically now is like just getting in the presence and allowing the Lord to like work through our garbage?
1: That's really, really a great question. Um, As far as I understand it, in the Old Testament, the way that was done was by offering a sacrifice and transmitting any of our garbage, to use your word, Mm -hmm. onto a blameless animal Mm -hmm. and then offering that animal to the Lord. Yeah. Um, So... In that process, you were made clean. It was like by putting your hand on the lamb mm-hmm. or the ram or the goat or whatever, the um, pigeon. pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. The turtle doves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were transmitting uncleanliness. Mm-hmm. And then in that moment, you're ritually like you're pure, you're clean.
0: Was that viewed as, do you think that was viewed as a spiritual act? I mean, I guess everything's oh, spiritual, yeah, definitely. but I guess in my, in modern, my modern mind yeah. says that isn't helping my, you know, trauma from my childhood or something, huh. you know, or my, like, yeah. the things that make me messy now or my anger. Uh, I don't, I don't know. And, and, and the Lord can use anything. I'm not saying that, but that doesn't fit my mind of like, Lord, like, you know, essentially like bring up thoughts that I can bring to my counselor you know, in your presence to make me a better person. Sure. Feels like a new version of consecration. Oh, fascinating. I'm, I'm just like, this is, these are just my unfiltered thoughts that I'm bringing. I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I feel like what you're talking about is like healing of like emotional and mental wounding that we might be carrying. Yeah. And I don't, as far as I'm aware, I don't know that categories around those things exist at all in the Old Testament, for sure.
0: And that that's where I'm like trying to maybe but it, if there's like fit something on where it shouldn't be. If there's
1: guilt or shame connected with those things from my past, then totally the sacrifice is taking care of it in the mm-hmm. same way that in the Catholic Church throughout the history of the Catholic church. And I guess in some ways in our Protestant traditions, confession Mm -hmm. cares for the guilt or shame we might be carrying. Yeah. You know? So say as a devout Catholic person, just to follow that example, I have committed a sin and I go and sit down in the confessional and I confess it to the priest. And I say, priest, this is what I've done. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. I repent of this thing. Yeah. And the new Testament tells us that ministers of the gospel that, and because we're a priesthood of all believers, Mm. we believe in the Protestant church. It's anybody can do this. Yeah. We can forgive sins in the name of Christ, Hmm. which is an incredible thing.
0: I don't know if I was even really familiar with that concept. Do you know that? I can't, I know that, I know that Jesus says that, you know, but that's like, I mean, that makes sense, but I just have never thought of it that way.
1: Yeah. Um, because it's Jesus who has forgiven our sins and mm-hmm. wait, let me see. Um, I'm, I, I want to find the verse so that I make sure I'm not like in some way misquoting it.
0: Well, it, I mean, it makes sense that like, it's almost reminding someone of their status with the Lord. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's not cause it's like, it's not us that's doing the forgiving. It's like us being a, a conduit of just dude, you're forgiven, you know? Right. Um, I think John 20,
1: um, forgive me for not having this prepped or anything. This is a fun little thought. You're good. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Check this out. So Jesus appears to his disciple after the resurrection in the gospel of John. We're in John chapter 20. I'm going to start at verse 19. Again, our, God made flesh has died and now is resurrected from death destroying the powers of death (laughs) come on (laughs) that is so much cooler than any of us realize on the evening of that day the first day of the week the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews Jesus came and stood among them (laughs) we got a man who was walking through walls teleportation Yeah, and said to them peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me. Even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Note the like infilling of the Holy spirit and said to them, receive the Holy spirit if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. Wow. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld.
0: Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, that is actually really fascinating. Jesus's
1: words right there. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I got to read it. So you're not taking my word for it. Totally. Um. Uh, and especially we could wrestle with that, what the latter half means. If you withhold forgiveness, mm-hmm. it is withheld. I don't know what to do with that theologically, if I'm honest, but... Um I think that's just a representation of if the Holy Spirit is working through us, we have incredible authority yeah in the name of Christ mm-hmm. as his representatives um oh all of this was just to say that confession wipes us free yes and sins are forgiven mm-hmm. and that is a way that we might experience the same kind of freedom that someone in the Old Testament, would have experienced freedom when they, you know, Mm -hmm. offered a sacrifice at the altar in Jerusalem. So next question, please.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm praying at a river house purse that Lord consecrate me mm-hmm. and am, am i praying lord purify me could that be another way of saying that yeah okay sanctify me sanctify me
1: uh-huh make me holy okay i think all of those terms are interchangeable the difference between them i don't know if i'm honest
0: so i love i mean i so this is the thing i love this prayer i think it's so beautiful that we're pursuing this these are just the thoughts that are coming up right now mm-hmm. Christ has clothed us in righteousness, right? So what, what am I praying for something that's already been done? Wow. That's a great question. You know, it could be, be, I, yeah, Mm -hmm. I want to leave it at that. I want to hear you answer that. Yeah,
1: (laughs) man. I feel like I'm sloppy in my theology. It's been a while since I've picked this stuff up, but In sanctification theology, there are two, two simultaneous answers Mm -hmm. that are both correct. They're not in contradiction with each other. One is it's called positional sanctification. I think I actually used that earlier in this conversation. Yeah. That our position before God is sanctified in Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. That is a reality over any believer when they give their lives to the Lord and are sealed in the Holy spirit. Yeah period, regardless of the way they've lived their lives, even the way that they continue to live their life. But Paul says, should sin abound? Heavens? No. Right. Because we're, as we've been sanctified by Christ's blood, actually before the throne of grace, Mm -hmm. the reality of that Divine truth over us is being made manifest and worked out in the flesh mm-hmm. throughout our lives. And that's called progressive sanctification. Okay. So we say that those two things are happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Positionally, we are sanctified, progressively, we are in the sanctification process.
0: I guess, th- is that, that okay? That makes sense. And those can live. At the same time, and still be true. Yeah. Because I think I, I I I know that I'm like saved by faith in Christ and like clothed in righteousness, but I also know that I'm not perfect and I make right. mistakes. And Lord, like purify the imperfections in me, mm-hmm. is totally a prayer. I pray all the time. Wow. So it's it's like trying to wrestle with like oh we are, you know, white as snow through like the blood of Christ, but why am I still sinning or why am I still like, mm-hmm. you know, being driven by like the desires of my flesh?
1: This is good. Cause you're just wrestling with issues that the church has been wrestling with, including Paul. Like mm-hmm. if you read Romans seven, what you've just said is what Paul is saying. Mm-hmm. He says, why do I do the thing that I do not want to do yeah. when I know that I'm dead to my flesh? Mm-hmm. My flesh has been crucified with Christ. In fact, it's dead. Mm-hmm. And yet, It feels like I have a divided will. I think what we need to recognize is that by the blood of Christ, and I can't point to all the Bible references, but just know that they're in what I'm trying to say. At least I hope they are. (laughs) Um, By the blood of Christ, we are dead to sin. We are no longer in bondage to sin. Mm -hmm. So whereas before Jesus, it actually had us as slaves. Mm -hmm. Now think of that slavery being broken like my shackles by the blood of Christ are broken off of me and maybe like the prison doors are swung wide open.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And now empowered by the Holy spirit, I have to work out my salvation in such a way that I stand up and walk out of the cell.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm no longer bound in that cell, Yeah, but I could potentially continue to exist in that cell.
0: You could just stay seated there.
1: Right. That's not a metaphor that comes to us from the new Testament. I don't think, but those concepts are coming to us from Paul's writing for Mm -hmm. sure.
0: Well, he, Paul even says like to be slaves of righteousness. Wow. So it's like, it's again, it's submitting not to your own flesh and the world, but completely submitting in the Mm -hmm. same way, the opposite way to the way of Christ. That's good. Huh? i want
1: to read this this kind of it came up to me because it was a question that you asked first corinthians chapter three i'm going to start at verse 10. by the grace god has given me this is paul speaking i laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it this is paul talking about how like a bunch of people are going to minister to you corinthians so he laid the foundation which is a way of saying I planted this church, but then people like Apollos Mm -hmm. came in and built on the foundation. I already laid. Okay. Continuing. But each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, Their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Again, this is all in the context of like a church, building a church. This isn't an Mm -hmm. individual, but Paul makes a connection to the individual. He says in verse 15, if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So there the individual is the builder will suffer loss. The way that I'm interpreting that at least, and I think there's a lot of work we could do Mm -hmm. there, and I have a lot of work to do there. Um, What I see is the fire of Judgment Day is coming, Mm -hmm. which sounds terrifying, and it is if you're straw. Yeah. (laughs) If you're gold, Mm -hmm. the fire coming is great news because it's going to take all of the dross, all the little cruddy stuff away. It's refining. It's refining. And not
0: destroying
1: which is absolutely a biblical metaphor through and through and wow. the prophets.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really good.
1: Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. But like how that concept relates to our like day to day consecration. I don't really know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like what, I guess, I mean, <clears throat> we kind of got to land this podcast. At I know, some point. we do. This it's, is wild. It's been a lot, but like what, what can I do in my life that builds with gold? or things that will be refined and not destroyed. Great. It's great. Is that it? That's, that's the prayer of our church right now, that's I think. Great, Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, what, like what needs to be done? Like what's the straw in your life, in my life? Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. I mean, I feel like I can think about some things, but
1: yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about the way that Paul writes so many of his letters. Typically, Ephesians is a great example of this. I've been in Ephesians a lot this semester. I say semester because you can tell I'm a youth leader, but um, Ephesians is where we get those wonderful words. You've been saved by grace through faith Mm -hmm. and that not of what you can do. It's a free gift of God so that no one can boast. Mm -hmm. Right. Which if you're like a um, Bible church, evangelical Christian, you're like, Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Like, that's the gospel right there. 100%. But that is the start line. Again, salvation Mm -hmm. is for Paul and so many of the other New Testament writers, especially James, which James was really offensive to Martin Luther because Martin Luther was just camped around the salvation question like his Mm -hmm. whole life. (laughs) Because whether he was saved or not haunted him um, for most of his life until he like figured this out, basically but it's the start line for the Christian life. God is actually inviting us into salvation in order to utilize us for the redemption of all things.
0: Ooh, that was good.
1: Remember that? That Yeah, that's really good. Good. Oh, good. Praise God. And so our individual salvation is part of that in and of itself, but also it's part of it in that we're now used as conduits for God's goodness. And, that's why we need to be consecrated mm-hmm. in order to be an effective conduit for his goodness, for his redemptive and reconciliatory power. Hmm. I think that's a word. Yeah. Reconciliatory, <laughs> but <clears throat> flip a few pages. Honestly, you don't even have to flip a few pages. Look at the the rest of Ephesians two. J- Paul's talking about unity. He says, Jesus tore down the re- dividing wall between you Jews and Gentiles. So this ethnic tension that you're feeling Stop it. Mm -hmm. It's not the way of Christ. If you are ever looking at someone of a different ethnicity and you're thinking less of them as a result of their ethnicity, that's not of Christ. Stop Mm -hmm. it. Unity. I think it's in Ephesians chapter three. No, it's the beginning of Ephesians chapter four, where he says there's one, there's one this, there's Mm -hmm. one that, there's one baptism, there's one faith, there's one church. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's hounding this because this ethnic division within the church was a huge issue in Paul's day, Mm. which you can see why like the people of God had been predominantly Jewish through time uh, all the way back to Abraham. Now all of a sudden all these Gentiles are welcome in and they don't even have to follow the Torah. Big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's tensions, but like, can we look around and see, are there divisions that exist inside our churches today? Along ethnic racial lines, along political lines, Mm -hmm. Um, emphatically, Paul is telling us any dividing wall separating brothers and sisters of Christ from each other need to be torn down because Christ already tore them down. Mm -hmm. So if we rebuild them, we're undoing the work of God in our communities. Yeah. (laughs) So that's one way that we consecrate ourselves. He goes on. He talks about not being drunk, but instead being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He talks about not lying, but instead speaking truth so that we build one another up. This is all Ephesians four and five. So Hmm. go and look at that regularly. What Paul will do is he'll offer the, the salvific message of the gospel and then say, now what? What? How are you created for the workmanship of the gospel in the world? Like this is how God saved you. And this is what God saved you for Mm -hmm. now partner with him in Galatians. It's a lot of that. You're not saved through the works of the law with these Judaizers that are coming and telling you, you have to follow the ways of the Jews. So don't do it. But then at the end, he's talking about the fruit of the spirit not the fruit of the flesh the fruit of the flesh is like debauchery and drunkenness and Mm -hmm. sexual immorality and division and um gossip i forget all the stuff he says but then remember the fruit of the spirit which is famous Mm -hmm. that comes to us as a way of saying this is what consecration looks like and oh i'm just going to pull it up because it's so good galatians chapter five right isn't that where the fruit of the spirit is sure (laughs) <laughs> that was tight oh sorry i'm really getting excited the bible is just so cool so good okay okay yeah 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 idolatry sorcery enmities strife jealousy outbursts of anger disputes dissensions factions so that you see like things that tear you apart from each other sounds like the holidays am i right <laughs> Dang it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. (laughs) So that's the fruit of the flesh. Mm -hmm. And then Paul says the fruit of the spirit. You know it. Yeah. Do you have like a little song that you learned at some point?
0: Uh, No, I don't think so. Oh, it's painted on my parents' stairwell, though. Oh, I love that. Isn't that that. beautiful? My mom painted it. It's so pretty.
1: Your parents are some of my favorite humans. Love, Mm -hmm. joy, Mm. peace, patience,
0: kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Boom look at you so good well
1: done wow okay and now get this so the fruit of the spirit notice this it's of the spirit like the holy spirit Mm -hmm. not not of you it's not your fruit totally it's god's i know that right (laughs) but then check this out now this is the very next verse now those who belong to christ jesus have been crucified have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live by the spirit let us also walk by the spirit let us not become boastful challenging one another envying one another Mm -hmm. which to me i I was confused by that i'll be honest when i first read it because i'm like wait 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 the fruit of the spirit so the spirit is doing it Mm -hmm. but now there's an if and paul's saying but if we live by it Mm-hmm. then we should walk with the spirit. So there's agency here. Yeah, I don't have to be passive. Mm-hmm. Paul's inviting me to be active in the work that the Holy Spirit's doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, like consecration is a work that we're co-laboring in, in our own selves with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to bring about joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, like if I just give my life to Jesus and then sit back and live the same life I always had, those things will not be born in me yeah. because I'm not walking in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then James would say, your faith is dead. Actually, it was never alive to begin with because mm-hmm. if you had gen- genuine faith, it would manifest itself as works. Mm-hmm. And that's not because we're saved by works, but because faith actually changes you. Mm-hmm. Wow, no, I'm just really excited about the gospel. (laughs) Come on, is this answering your question? It's so
0: good. Yeah, no, totally. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's 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 beautiful. Yeah, the fruit of the spirit isn't for us, you know. Yeah, it's for other people, and so if you're just in Mm. isolation, it's not going to manifest itself. It's good, which is great because the fruit of the spirit is for you because you're in community. Mm -hmm. So your neighbors' love, joy, peace, and patience is going to bless your life immensely. And you get a bless theirs with yours. Oh, so don't isolate.
1: So don't isolate.
0: (laughs) You want to bring it back to that? We could go
1: into so much more, but I feel like we hit the basics of what I wanted to today.
0: Yeah. Did I, I didn't derail it too much.
1: No, no, you did everything perfectly. you Not (laughs) perfect.
0: So there's
1: a church historian named Larry Hurtado. (laughs) And this is what I want to say. Um, maybe lastly, before we do our other plug that you all know is coming, um, (laughs) compromise is just not the option to be the church that we need to be. Hmm. Um, relevance, I think is sometimes a word that had been thrown around. I think it's not thrown around nearly as much as it was in the early two (laughs) thousands because the church was starting to wane and people were like, Oh no, what do we need? We need relevance. We need Mm -hmm. to like, frost the tips of our hair so that we look like those cool punk rockers and (laughs) like i don't know maybe i need to wear skinny jeans too says the youth pastor and Mm -hmm. i I just i need to be relevant and then relevance turns into compromise because it's it's the way of light taking on the way of darkness yes in order Uh. to appeal to the way of darkness no heaven forbid compromise what larry hurtado this church historian wrote um, which I think is so great about the very earliest church was it was pr- precisely Christianity's difference and distinctiveness to the Roman culture of that day that made it so appealing, not its relatability. Yeah. It was not relatable. Christianity made no sense to the early Roman, Wow, but it was so compelling mm-hmm. because they were living in a world of darkness. And then all of a sudden you'd meet a Christian in the marketplace and his light would like, blow you over almost. It's like, dang, this person isn't gossiping. And when I gossip around him, I'm like, I'm feeling convicted because he's only speaking Mm -hmm. in honoring ways. Yeah. Like, what is this? It actually feels amazing. And I kind of want it. Mm -hmm. It's the Holy spirit. It's it's the salvation of Jesus.
0: Yeah. What is this peace that happens when I walk into this coffee shop that's run by Christians? Wow. You know, when all I am feeling is anxiety throughout my day and worry, but like, what, what's that? You know, like, how is their joy so everlasting? Like, you know, like we're talking about (laughs) the current events and I'm frantic and they are peaceful. Wow. That's, (laughs) that's different. You know, (laughs) that's good. Like the, the, our culture is so quick to set off the alarms and pick anxiety or depression over joy and peace and love and gentleness and patience. And man, like I, 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 a radical, radical discipleship to Christ looks so different than the way our culture is discipling people. So So different. different. And like, yeah, let's not compromise. Let's not let our saltiness be diluted. Right. By just like adding, you know, stuff to it. Amen. Hmm. That's gorgeous. Yeah. If you had a pot that was just full of salt, Mm -hmm. but then started to like mix different soup mixes in there, eventually it's just going to get saltier, like less and less salty oh, until yeah. it's not salty at all. Sure. You know, if if you over salt a soup or something, yeah. you just add more and it gets less salty. Sure. So don't add stuff that just makes you less salty. Oh, wow. That's I'm good. preaching to me right now. Yeah. There's a mirror behind Benjamin and I probably should just be looking myself in the <laughs> eyes in this room that we're recording.
1: That's good. You're preaching to me too. Hey. Hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching to me too. Don't, don't get less salty.
1: Oh, don't, don't do it. Cause then what good is unsalty salt worth? It's doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. It's sand. Jesus said some scary words about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to lose saltiness. And it's in the Holy Spirit that we become more and more salty. That's mm-hmm. consecration. Yeah. That's, I guess, the bottom line. And we could hit the conversation around consecration from every angle as it mm-hmm. relates to our world today. Yeah. What do we do about the way we dress, the mm-hmm. way we interact with media? Yeah. Um, the way we interact with the news, Israel, Palestine. Mm-hmm. What do we do with uh, I, any, any number of things? The, the way that I buy my shoes. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Seriously. Substances. You could go on and on and on. And the, the heart of the law is, love the Lord, your God with everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Jesus said. Don't overcomplicate this. Hmm. And I think as we do that, consecration will come. Um, so I just challenge all of you to be thoughtful in the way that you engage with any aspect of your life and continue to ask the question, what does it look like for me to be salty? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's good. That's really good. Hmm come on
1: okay is that a fair way to wrap up this power of the tongue series yeah we talked nothing about the tongue yeah we didn't at all the tongue is like one example and I guess we could hit it another day I I don't know that we will we could go to James uh, which I've brought up a bunch you can tell I just read it Um, James says the tongue is like the rudder Mm -hmm. Like whatever you're saying, your whole body steers in that direction. Mm -hmm. So I think it is worth our time. Proverbs hits it. Paul talks about it. It's, it's all throughout the Bible really in many different ways. Um, and I think as Christians, we're probably quick to point to the more obvious sins like adultery and drunkenness. Mm -hmm. Um, and then justify gossip, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's, Oh, you know, we're just, it's yeah. just, just, we're just gals chatting, <laughs> you know, totally. We're just like, you. Know, he knows I love him, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. It's easy to justify that the tongue it's by that, that we bless the Lord and we curse our brother mm-hmm. and it should never be. James says, "A fig tree, a fig tree does not produce olives, <laughs> yeah, and uh, olives do not grow off of the grapevine, which is a way of saying what comes out of you is representative of who you are. So care, care for what
0: comes out of you. Yes, and what comes out of you is also fruit of what you've ingested." That's very you know, good. You are what like, you eat. You are what you eat. And so <laughs> the things, even the things that we, yeah, take into our body are going to affect what comes out mm-hmm. and the words that we say and, and all of the, the, yeah. th- the things that we think towards someone, which is according to Jesus, just as powerful as action, you know, it's great. All those things. It's great. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that just cause I said, we didn't talk about the tongue. <laughs> we obviously talked about consecration and that's so has to do with the tongue. So Yeah, I'm not sure if we'll hit this again. In the spirit, it almost feels
1: like the Holy Spirit led us to the tongue in order to lead us to consecration. Mm -hmm. So I think we ended where we needed to end. Perfect. Does that feel right to you? Yes, totally. If you disagree with us, listener, let us know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we'd love any of your
0: feedback. (laughs) Oh, so good. All right, I'm done. All right. (laughs) Uh, We are... uh, Yeah, we've passed the one year mark of when we first launched this podcast, the being of November last year, wow, which is really cool. Um, In a couple of weeks, we want to just, we might even not dedicate a whole podcast to this, but we want to touch on it at least of just what this podcast has has been so far and where we see it going and kind of cast some vision for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also want to hear from you guys Um, in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this, there is going to be a link. To a google form that you can fill out uh and we would love to hear you guys share a testimony a story of a time like of your time listening to this podcast um examples of like something you might have learned for the first time or you know learned something new about uh, maybe a way that the lord spoke to you through a certain topic um so that's one prompt the other one is what's one of your favorite discussions that we've had uh, do you have any feedback on how we could improve the podcast longer, shorter, less interviews, more interviews, less Jace, more Jace, those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I then... always vote for more Jace. <laughs> Is there something you would like us to discuss or explore on the podcast in this next year? Mm-hmm. We would love
1: your feedback. So please, especially if you listen to us like semi regularly you've heard more than a few episodes yeah we really want to hear from you so it it, it does us a great favor and it does the church a favor too so. and
0: these don't have to be crazy long responses we would just love to hear from you and we'll um talk about it on that podcast in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks when that happens so yep. yeah we really appreciate if you guys could do that because we want to not only you know process the vision for ourselves but also take in your guys's input because we are community and we're not just isolated. We're not in a a vacuum chamber we want to do what we can to disciple people the best we can. Amen. With Christ. Wow. That's the goal. That's the goal. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And know that you're loved and seen wherever you're listening this, Mm -hmm. that your life is so valuable and that you're doing the best you can and Mm -hmm. you should feel good about that. And according to Richard Gordon, you are God's favorite. You are. Did you hear that? You? You. In the car right now at home? <laughs> you're God's favorite. At the gym? Benjamin? Jace? You're God's
1: favorite. You are God's favorite. There's no scarcity in the Lord, so we can all be his favorite.
0: That is great. Period. That's a good way to end.
1: And yeah, like please remember our ask at the very beginning of the podcast too. If, mm-hmm. if you need support of any kind because you could use the church to act like the church. Please reach out and tell us what your needs are.
0: Yes. and amen.
1: Yeah. You are God's favorite. Dial.
0: Bye. Dialed. That was right on. let go. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley. And I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.